0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to Indianapolis. This is Evan Tex Western on behalf of Acme Packing Company coming to you live from Indy on day one of the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. And I am joined by local Indiana resident Tyler Brooke of Acme Packing Company uh,
0: I was not prepared to be as, like, wiped out after, like, a single day of <laughs> media stuff as I was.
1: And and really, it was it was only a couple of GM pressers and, and a handful of coaches, so,
0: yeah. I think this it's just is... seeing everyone that, like... It's always nice to see people that you've, like, known on Twitter for, like, your yeah. whole life, basically. And then just run into them and chat it up. So it was a lot of that. Uh,
1: yeah, a lot of the GMs and coaches and stuff. Yep. So, yeah, as far as the schedule goes, you know, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. Um, Tuesday was... Pretty much all just GMs and, and some head coaches. Um, Wednesday will be quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends coming to the podiums, so we'll have coverage of those position groups, uh, as well as a handful of other coaches and GMs, including Matt LaFleur, who's going to yep. speak on Wednesday. Uh, originally was scheduled for today, but uh, got bumped for whatever reason to tomorrow. So We're hopeful to hear from Matt LaFleur. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how many times he drops the uh, drops those words uh, tomorrow during his press it's conference. It's just like anything. Yep. Which we got we got it just like anything out of Gudikins today, which oh, was good. fun. Um, got Didn't couple... even realize it till after the
0: fact. You yeah,
1: as I was looking back and listening back to the uh, to the audio, I caught it. Um, caught it with Mike McCarthy in real time this afternoon. <laughs> he he had a couple. Yeah, we both kind of kinda like looked at each other like yeah, there it is. <laughs> yep. But um, we'll get to Gudikins' comments in a few minutes. But. Want to touch on the Aaron Rodgers news or lack thereof that uh, that's going on today? So Rodgers did not go on Pat McAfee this afternoon, so no decision announced. Um, you know, goodiken said that he doesn't have any any update now. But um, you were doing some canvassing of the media members down on the floor, and and you, you got a pretty good consensus from from everybody you were talking to, right? The general consensus is that he's coming
0: back, so Justice can keep the brand going. He's coming back. <laughs> Uh, Penultimate there was, dance There were some people that were like, "It is hundred percent a certainty that he's coming back." Wow! So it wasn't like a, I'm hearing this; it's like I'm already like it is known Heard that it's, it's yeah. a done deal. Yeah, it's well, a done okay. deal. So okay. we'll see if that's actually the truth. Um, there's obviously it's the combine, so you're gonna hear a lot of noise. Uh, I think it's the I think it's trying to contextualize that and see what is BS and what's not. Uh, that'll be a big challenge for us this week.
1: Yeah, that's always the challenge. Um, that and you know maintaining the energy level through five days of a lot of coffee, baby. Yeah, a lot of coffee. Caffeine's going to be flowing in the mornings. Um, we'll have a drink or two in the evening and see if we can you know find out anything else interesting. But um, as far as the GM pressers go, um, Chris Chris Ballard, <laughs> Colts yeah. GM, you had a couple things that. that You were amused by it. So I
0: started seeing all the uh, indie media, like people I've known for a while, start pouring in. I was like, all right, all right, yep, Ballard's about to speak. Uh, He just threw Wentz under the bus, (laughs) man. It was kind of like they asked about what do you feel about the QB position. He was just like, I don't know. (laughs) And I was like, woof. There were a couple other comments. Um, What was the one that stood out to you? I can't remember what you were saying earlier. (sighs) I'd have to look back. Um, Yeah, maybe it wasn't you. I've talked to a lot of people, and it's all (laughs) my brain's all mush, but I mean, He was just getting asked all these questions, and he was just, like, not very confident. And he was... One of the things he was talking about was, like, criticism. Yep. And he's like, I think we... Like, me, Carson, all these guys, like, we get a lot of criticism. I think we need to, like, understand that some of it's fair. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like, you just... It seemed like every line, there was nothing like, you know, we really like what Wentz is doing. Mm. It wasn't any of that. Like, when he left the podium, I got the sense, like
1: they really don't feel great about what's happening at quarterback right now. Yeah, they he had talked about, you know, whatever the Colts do at the position is going to be what they, you know, what they feel is the best for the franchise and puts them in the best position to to win games. And somebody asked him like do you think Carson Wentz is that guy not only in 2022 but into the future? And he kinda of pivoted and started talking about, um, yeah, we don't really know what the future holds. We're just gonna do the right thing for this franchise. And that was kinda of when the light bulb went on for me, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wentz is done. This is this is not gonna be uh, tenable for very much longer.
0: It's nice hearing a GMB candid in GM speak still. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he could have absolutely just continued to say, like, Carson's our quarterback right now and things like that. And credit to him, you really didn't. But at the same time, you just kind of left that, like, man, that was uh, (laughs) was pretty rough if Carson's
1: listening right now. Yeah, that was a rough one. Um, Anything else on Ballard? I mean, I, I... I had forgotten how much of a southern drawl he has. Yep. That that caught me off guard. I, I had completely forgotten about that. <laughs> I always enjoy his relationship with the indie media because he's been here long enough
0: at this point, but he always likes to rib some of the guys. Like yep. Mike Wells from I think he's still at ESPN. It's been a while, but he kinda asked a question off the top rope and was like, <laughs> dang, pulling no punches right out the gate, yeah. Wells. Uh, I, I always enjoy that little banter between like the GMs and the media.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good time. Um, Doug Peterson, new Jaguars head coach former Packers backup quarterback had a a good one Um, (laughs) since he's he's coaching a, a young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence second year guy um, Aaron Nagler of, of Cheesehead TV asked him if he would use any of his old film cut-ups or, or those of Favre to, uh, to teach quarterbacks these days. And his answer was a very quick, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. Um, that, that was pretty great. Uh, he did go on to say that right, like, the game has changed since Favre was, was yeah. in his heyday and, and winning MVPs, which is obviously true. Um, but yeah, it was it was funny just how quickly he dismissed that idea. I think he's just
0: discounting though that completions are way more awesome when you force them through triple <laughs> coverage.
1: Oh, uh, Brett, we'll never forget you. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to Gutekunst. Um We mentioned that he didn't didn't have an update on Rogers. Um, asked him if he had really had contact with Devonte Adams and his camp, and he said they've been having you know ongoing discussions. But uh, you know, didn't really give a timetable on a decision, which still suggests to me that, that Adams is going to get franchise tagged. Mm-hmm. But really, he, he basically said that, that Rodgers is going to be the first domino that starts this whole chain of transactions. Yeah. And a lot of this is going to be dependent on, on obviously, Rodgers' decision. Because if he comes back and they sign him to a new deal, that's going to be one you know, effect on the salary cap. If he ends up wanting to be traded or retiring, you know, that's going to have a very different impact on the cap and, and then how they want to construct this team moving forward. So it, it shouldn't be a surprise that uh, basically they've done the easy moves now, yeah. the, the restructures of Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari, to move around cap room. But um, everything else at this point pretty much hinges on, on Rodgers' decision.
0: It felt a little contradictory where he was like, you know, that's the first domino that's got to fall before we make all these decisions. But at the same time, he said that Rodgers and Devontae Adams, their situations aren't related. Yeah. And so clearly they they have to be, right? Like, you know, your decision on Adams is absolutely going to depend on whether or not Rodgers is coming back. Um, It's good to hear they're in constant communication because when you think about the franchise tag and the current cap situation, the only way that happens is if they're planning on trading Adams, in my opinion. Because I don't know how you clear enough cap space to just not only get... Over or under the cap, and then go all the way back over with a franchise tag. So, hopefully, that means an extension's on the way. Um, I could totally see a scenario where you know they're expecting when Rogers is going to make his announcement, and then you just start seeing some moves, just rapid fire yep. right away. Yeah. Uh, so, all the credit in the world to I can't even imagine what's going on with Gutukus and Russ Ball right <laughs> now. Like the scenarios, I imagine that oh. uh, conspiracy board, and it's always sunny with Charlie. Just all the strings everywhere. So I imagine they have stipulations for every possible scenario. That's what they uh, that's what said uh, about Russ Ball today. Um, it's about to be a little messy.
1: Yeah. He also said that uh, if if he didn't think about the cap and, and in future years, Russ Ball would jump across the table and choke him out, yeah. basically. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, I'm trying to imagine ever seeing Russ Ball getting really, really angry or emotional about something. Yeah. I mean, he's not a public-facing guy obviously, so we don't really know what he's like behind closed doors, but he's, you know, every impression that I've ever gotten of him seems like he's a very analytical, methodical yeah. you know, calm, rational person which is what you need in that job, Absolutely. right? Kind of like an Andrew Brant, same same thing mm-hmm. um, you know, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't you know, isn't, isn't very um, you know, prone to 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 whims or, or emotions or anything. So, um, yeah, Balls, regardless of what happens, he's going to have his work cut out for him. But that that kind of gets to one of the things that Gutekind's talked about, is that they really think of the cap in a three-year window. And we really still don't know what the cap is going to look like in the, the yeah. second and third years of this current window. Um, and he wouldn't kind of get into anything in terms of, what they expect the cap to look like um obviously we're all expecting that the cap's going to go up because of the tv revenue increases um but he kind of pivoted back to you know learning lessons from the pandemic and and never assuming that you really have this increase on the way because we've seen the last two years um you know that not really take shape in the way that that everybody expected it to so i thought that was an interesting um approach that you know the way he, he yeah. said that they they take a look at it.
0: Well, yeah, I enjoyed the follow up by uh, Nagler as well. I'm like, is that a permanent change in yeah. mindset or not? I think that was a fair question to ask. Uh, it does seem like that's something that they want to try and take into account more. But I'm I'm going to be completely honest. If, if maybe they're saying that publicly, but I could totally see where they're just internally like, when's another pandemic going to happen? Yeah, and then they're going to attempt fate, and we're probably going to get another one. <laughs> but um, I could just obviously see you know. It's one of the big reasons they're trying to, you know, continue to kick the can down the road, right? Is they're just an, it has to be that they're anticipating the salary cap blowing up enough that it's going to be
1: manageable again. Yeah, that's that and again, keeping keeping the competitive window open for you know if and when Rodgers returns cuz yeah. you had to do those restructures no matter what whether or not Rodgers was a, was going to come back. So he even said, "We got the easy ones done." Yeah. So now we'll we'll move on to the the tougher uh discussions and the tougher transactions um you know down the line here um and and a couple of those involve a couple of the packers edge rushers zadarius smith preston smith um goody was asked about both of those guys and i thought it was really interesting that when he was talking about zadarius he he started off by kind of praising the impact and the versatility that he has on defense but then he made sure to acknowledge the other edge rushers on the roster and their contributions in Z's absence. So yeah. he called out Rashawn Gary. He mentioned Preston Smith and Jonathan Garvin a little bit as, as guys who stepped up without Z. But then when he was asked about Preston Smith, Goody was was lavish in his yeah. praise of, of Preston's abilities and, and his game and, and was kind of downplaying the whole idea that he has these up-and-down years Um and and I thought that was really kind of telling that, you know, certainly if you're betting on one of those two guys to be back with Green Bay uh, for 2022, you'd have to bet on Preston, and especially given uh, the comments that we got from Goody
0: today. I was honestly relieved to hear, you know, what he thought of Preston, because I think he was completely mismanaged and utilized in the weirdest ways under Mike Pettin in 2020. Uh, and I think, I think the reason that he was, you know, doing... So, well, this year, is you know, he's focusing on, you know, he's not dropping back into coverage constantly, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, I think he's a great edge setter. It's something I've talked about, you know, with all this draft prep constantly. If Preston's gone, they need to find a guy like him because his impact may not be felt on the stat sheet, but what he can do for you as far as gap integrity and constricting rushing lanes and still rushing the passer pretty effectively is just absolutely massive. So, you know, fingers crossed on that. I like to see him stay. Uh, glad to see, like, that
1: was a very encouraging sign to see that the front office at least feels the same way about his impact. Yep, for sure. Um, and, and getting to some of the other defensive role players, I mean, he was asked about Devondre Campbell, Russell Douglas, um, kind of gave the normal GM speak, right? Yeah. You know, we love those players, they've been great in our locker room, they made big plays for us last year, and we want them to come back, and we hope that they'll be back. Uh, obviously, finances will come into play big time, especially for Campbell yeah. uh, coming off an all-pro season. So you know we'll just kind of have to wait and see there. Um, Didn't get any kind of clarity on what Campbell was doing in Green Bay when he (laughs) posted that uh, on his Instagram a couple weeks ago, um, you know, around the the time of the void deadline. But um, certainly it sounds like you know the Packers are going to make every effort that they can to to bring both of those guys back, and uh, we'll just have to see how those play out. Yeah, fingers crossed, man.
0: you know, if either one of those guys or both of them end up leaving, you know, you just got to root for them to get the bag. Yeah. You know, even if the Packers didn't win at all, like the contributions they had in that one single season, and for Rasul basically half a season, uh, that impact was awesome to see. It was very cool to see guys that kind of, like, make a name for themselves. And you can root for them even if they're not a, a Packer next year.
1: Definitely. For sure. Well, any other big notes you can think of? Shoot, man. It's, it's been a day. <laughs> uh, I was... I've been, like my
0: brain is just kind of mush from uh, it just it's it's stimulation overload is what it is,
1: and we're gonna get a lot more of that this week. So um, buckle up. Yep. Again tomorrow, Lafleur speaks in the afternoon, scheduled for one forty-five p.m. Eastern time. Um, we'll have quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends in the morning. So for us, we'll have wide receivers and tight ends. Precisely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We don't want to think about that. <laughs> no. No. We've we've had enough of that drama for yeah. for a lifetime at this point. But. Um, so yeah, uh, keep us, uh, keep this, keep it tuned in to Acme Packing Company. We'll have uh, an open thread up during the day tomorrow. Uh, you can hit us up on socials at Acme Packing Co. I'm at Tex Western, at Tyler D. Brook, with an E at the end. Yeah, bro- that's why they call me Brookie. <laughs> if you see me on the streets, call me Brookie. Yep. So um, we, we're going to be here with a couple of our other SB Nation colleagues as well. So um, we'll be working with them and trying to, to tag team this this combine for the next several days so keep it on the, the podcast feed keep it at apc and we will see you tomorrow